lifetime, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Today we're talking pro-life. Abby Johnson is going to be on the program. It's more than just saving babies. That is, of course, our primary goal. Praise be to God, saving the babies, saving the mothers, the fathers, the grandparents. But how about the, the employees that work at those clinics? Abby Johnson will be our guest in the What's Concerning Us section coming up at 15 past the hour to talk about her work in trying to bring abortion workers out of the business and crossing that pro-life line. That's going to be our guest in the guest segment uh, of the What's Concerning Us anyway. In the uh, the regular guest segment, 35 past the hour, the Glad Trads are back. I'm very excited about this. We haven't talked to these guys in a very long time. The last time, I don't. it was like, December? I don't even remember. It was a a while back. And we talked about uh, the trend of young people in the church going more traditional. These are two very young men. They have uh, young families. And today we're going to talk about marriage and family. You know, getting married today, what it means, how hard is it? What are the challenges for young young people who are uh, committed to the vocation of of marriage and family, raising Catholic families in the tradition of the church. We're going to have that conversation in our guest segment. Ought to be a great program today. We're looking forward to that. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. What's on the agenda there? What's on the agenda? Well, we're going to about to talk to Abby Johnson, like you said. I'm excited for that. Yeah, praise God. Yes, lots of news today, lots of headline news, lots of things to go over today. So All good, Ryan. All excellent. Oh, it's it's It's... I guess the word to use is spicy. spicy. It's, it's going to hurt a little bit, but in the end, it'll all be good because God reigns and wins over all. Interesting. Spicy. <laughs> it's going to hurt a little bit. Speaking of which, uh, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Yeah. Praise be to God. And, you know, I, you know, I actually, you know, truth, truth be told, I, this may mm-hmm. be a little sacrilegious. Mm-hmm. I don't like spicy food. <laughs> I don't like spicy food. It's not very. Uh, I, my brother likes spicy food. My sisters like spicy shameful. food. It's my shameful. dad likes spicy shameful food, indeed. but my mom doesn't. So you're so that. Me you, and my mom. You're that child like in the family. Food. I am. You're that child. Okay. Like ketchup is too spicy for me. Ketchup. Ketchup. Spicy. I'm being. Sorry. I'm being a little. Hyperbolic. Have you ever had like the what is that called the wasabi uh, sauce? Of course not. No, that would be Which horrible. One? I remember horrible. the first time my friend said, "Oh, you should have that. It's really you know good. It's like you know sweet or whatever." And I poured a bunch on my food. <laughs> And literally my brain melted and like everything, all the snot came from with my body through my nose out onto the table. That's a different kind of spicy. That's a graphic image, isn't it, for yeah, this time of morning? a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> Don't try the wasabi, whatever you do. Hey, here's a, you know, uh, Adrian and I were at an event on Saturday and I gave a little uh, speech and part of it I talked about how uh, you know, Planned Parenthood is going after our children. I want to bring this up with Abby here in just a little while. This is an article out of the blaze. I'm not going to read it to you, just the headline. It says, middle school teacher distributes flyer to eighth grade advising students of their rights to get abortions, plan B, without parent permission. 
Let that sink in. We're going to have that conversation with Abby Johnson coming up at 15 past the hour. So great program today lined up. We're looking forward to it. Again, the Glad Trad podcast guys are back on the show today. uh, And we're going to be having a conversation about marriage and family and raising Catholic families. It ought to be very good. Let's jump into the prayers. If you can join us, by the way, in the second hour, we have our game show, Fear and Trembling, and it's a lot of fun. And this week, we're giving out a rugged rosary. Praise be to God. Great rosaries by rugged rosaries. We think we're, we're grateful for them to sponsor our program. You can hang out with us, if you like, right on our webpage, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can watch there, comment there if you'd like. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, and upon all the clergy. Give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now the headlines with Janelle Lay. Looking at the headlines today from the Catholic Philly, disgraced Polish Archbishop elected mayor, more bishops sanctioned. A disgraced Polish Archbishop has been elected mayor of his hometown after being sanctioned by the Vatican for ignoring sexual abuse by his clergy, as two more bishops were disciplined for similar offenses. In a statement, the Jaswila District Council said Archbishop Slavo Glodz, who was headed for the Archdiocese until last August, had been elected administrator of Paiski adding that local officials had extended heartfelt congratulations. However, Poland's Catholic Weiss Cordely, which has campaigned against sexual abuse in the church, warns that the unprecedented move would provoke irritation and scandal in society. As a doctor of canon law, Archbishop may well defend his decision from the letter of the law, but the letter isn't everything. An additional issue is that the disgust associated with yet another exposure of a person who with Vatican-imposed penalties should, by normal logic, be remaining silent. On March 29th, the Vatican ordered the Archbishop, now 75, to live outside his former archdiocese and avoid public religious celebrations or lay meetings. After investigations into his handling of clerical abuse and other issues related to his time in office, the Archbishop, who was also ordered to pay an appropriate amount from personal funds to a Polish church fund for preventative activities and victim assistance, was among the latest of several senior prelates sanctioned under the Pope's May 2019 motto proprio, vos estis lux mundi, after being publicly accused of violating Polish law and Vatican guidelines by brushing aside abuse complaints. From Reuters, Taiwan tells U.S. it hopes to sign free trade deal. Taiwan's chief trade negotiator John Deng said on Wednesday he told the United States he hopes that the two can sign a free trade agreement, a deal which would be a strong show of U.S. support in the face of relentless Chinese pressure against the island. The U.S. Trade Representative's office said that during the talks, U.S. officials emphasized the importance of the U.S.-Taiwan trade relationship and both sides expressed support for joint work to enhance critical supply, chain security, and resilience. 
The Biden administration has moved to reaffirm its commitment to the democratically governed island in the face of pressure from Beijing to try and assert its sovereignty. Taiwan has long angled for a free trade deal with the United States, though any such agreement with Taiwan would likely irritate Beijing, which says that the island is Chinese territory and does not have the right to state-to-state -state relations. While Taiwan is a member of the World Trade Organization, many countries are wary of signing trade deals with a tech powerhouse, fearing objections from China, though Taiwan does have free trade deals with Singapore and New Zealand. Taiwan is a major producer of semiconductors, a shortage of which has roiled supply chains globally and affected automakers in particular, concerning Washington, which has pressed Taiwan to speed up their production. Last year, Taiwan's government lifted a ban on the import of pork-containing a leanness-enhancing additive, ractopamine, removing a major stumbling block to a deal with Washington. Also from Reuters, Israeli government and settlers reach deal over West Bank outpost. Palestinians are angered. Jewish settlers have agreed to quit a remote outpost that has become a flashpoint for clashes with Palestinians who also claim the land, officials said under a deal aimed at addressing an awkward political test for the new Israeli government. Under the agreement with Prime Minister Naftali Bennett, the settlers will leave Jivat Eviator outpost in the Israeli-occupied West Bank. But it seems likely that at least some of the outpost's new buildings would remain locked and under military guard an outcome that is certain to anger Palestinian protesters who demand it to be removed. The hilltop settlement outpost near the Palestinian city of Nablus was established without Israeli government permits in May and is now home to more than 50 settler families. The Israeli military ordered it to be cleared, presenting an early challenge for the new prime minister. Bennett was also a leader of the settler movement and heads a pro-settler party, putting him at odds with some of his new own voter base if the settlers were forcibly evicted. But his ruling coalition only survives with the support of left-wing and Islamist Arab parties, making sensitive policy decisions on the Israeli-Palestinian conflict difficult. Troops will stay on and a land survey conducted to determine if a government-backed settlement can be established there. Most world powers deem all the settlements built on land Israel captured and occupied in the 1967 Middle East War to be illegal. Israel disputes this, citing historical ties to the land on which they sit and its own security needs. Israeli soldiers have shot dead five Palestinians during stone-throwing out protests since the outpost was set up. Military did not comment on um, fatalities, but the troops used live fire only as a last resort. I'm Janelle, and those are your headline news for Wednesday, June 30th. God love you. The saint of the day is Blessed Gennaro Maria Sonelli. He was born on the 12th of September, 1702, in the castle of Duke Zapata in Naples, Italy. Son of the Baron of Siarun, a civil and canon lawyer, he became a civil and canon lawyer at the age of 20 and was a friend of Saint Alphonsus Maria de Lagori. While working with terminally ill patients, Gennaro felt a call to the priesthood, and in 1728, he gave up the law and entered the seminary. He was ordained on the 8th of June, 1732, and he gave away all his personal property and wealth to the poor. He dedicated himself to helping and catechizing children that today we would call at risk of entering lives of crime and of working to help young women out of lives of prostitutes. This last work led to many threats against him and his family from criminal elements who made money on the sex trade. 
Members of the Congregation of Apostolic Missions joined, he joined the Redemption, Redemptorist in 1733. And in 1736, he was sent to Naples, Italy, where he worked to support the missionary work of the Redemptorist and spent his spare time ministering to the sick, the elderly, prisoners, and young boys forced into labor at the docks. He wrote more than 30 books of a number of pastoral, social, and theological topics and left many more unfinished. He died on the 30th of June, 1744, in Naples, Italy, of natural causes, and was beatified on May 12, 1996, by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Gennaro Maria Sanelli, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34. When Jesus came to the territory of the Gadareans, forgive me, the Gadareans, two demoniacs who were coming from the tombs met him. They were so savage that no one could travel by that road. They cried out, What have you to do with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? Some distance away, a herd of many swine was feeding. The demons pleaded with him. If you drive us out, send us into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go then. They came out and entered the swine. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away, and when they came to the town, they reported everything, including what had happened to the demoniacs. Thereupon the whole town came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their district. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I want to thank Verboom.com forward slash GRN for sponsoring our gospel reflection today. Verboom.com forward slash GRN. Now, this is taking place in Gentile country. The the swine is a a good indicator of that. But in general, we know where these towns are located just south of uh, Galilee. and, And this was Gentile country here. So he is performing this incredible exorcism in Gentile country. Think about that for a moment, especially in the eyes of first century Jews who thought that the Messiah would only come for them, but he comes for, for us all, for sure. But why, uh, why this uh, comment, have you come here to torment us before the time? I found that very fascinating. St. Jerome said, for the presence of the Savior is the torment of demons. Wow, that's pretty powerful. The presence of the Savior is the torment of demons, St. Jerome. The Navarre Commentary points out that uh, according to the devils, uh, they would have certain freedom of movement and action until the time of God's final victory. That in the final judgment, their torments in hell would be incredibly horrible and for eternity. And they wanted to avoid that. So they went into the swine, they begged to go to the swine and order that they might inflict even more punishment upon those people that they tortured. We'll be right back. Abby Johnson's coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God... 
and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, uh, the Glad Trads are going to be back on the program. Rudy and uh, Jordan, they haven't been on the show in quite some time. And the last time we talked to them, I think it was Jordan who was about to get married. And uh, so he's now been married and he started his family. And so we're going to be catching up with them and talking about marriage and family. Uh, raising Catholic families in our day and age, especially in the traditions of the church. So that conversation is coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now via Zoom chat is uh, Abby Johnson. Of course, uh, most of us are familiar with Abby. She uh, she uh, was featured in this uh, movie, Unplanned, also the book of her, her own testimony of having worked for Planned Parenthood and coming across the pro-life line, so to speak. And we're glad to have her on the program this morning. Good morning to you, Abby. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Praise be to God. It's good to have you here. You know, uh, we often talk about um, pro-life, and and we sometimes I think we we do recall that it's more than just saving babies. Although that is our primary focus, but I think your your work now, your life's work, has become sort of uh, the embodiment of what we really mean by pro-life to save more than just the babies. Isn't that how you see yourself? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> We, um, I have two ministries, one that reaches out to abortion clinic workers and, you know, hopefully brings them into relationship and, um, the saving mercy of Jesus Christ. And, and, uh, then another that helps to, um, helps women connect with resources and, you know, whether that's that they've, you know, had an abortion in their past or, you know, whether it's a, a single mom maybe who needs help uh, with their, with their children, maybe, you know, maybe she chose life five or six years ago, but now she needs help with rent or utilities or, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, so I try to take, you know, more of a, um, I don't know, a holistic look, I guess. Um, <laughs> to the pro-life movement. And I think that that's important. It's not just about saving babies, but really about growing families and, yeah. and bringing people to Jesus Christ. Amen to that. You know, that's been one of the, like the big criticisms I think pro-lifers have received from people who are pro-choice is that we only care about saving the baby and that's all we ever care about. And, and we get accused often of not being there with these mothers and their unplanned pregnancies. And I, I, right now I can think of in just in the city that I live currently, I can think of probably two or three uh, organizations, 501c3s that 
provide you know neonatal care they provide help with rent with food with diapers i mean they walk with these women through whatever their needs are i can think of these examples just off the top of my head and i imagine you've heard this argument before oh absolutely and and you know when you when you sort of juxtapose that against the abortion industry of course they're not doing anything to help mothers that right. that are in need so right. i mean you know we've got over 3,000 pregnancy centers in the United States that are, you know, helping women who choose life, helping their, you know, their, their babies, usually up until the age of two, sometimes beyond. Um, you know, we have so many resources in the pro-life movement. Of course, Catholic Charities, one of the, the largest benevolent organizations in the United States. Um, you know, so many organizations out there to help families in need, not just women, and, you know, look at Planned Parenthood. What do they do if a mother's in need? Well, the only thing that they can do is, is say, well, we'll help you kill your baby. Yeah. And that's not help at all. No, that's insane. Abby Johnson's our guest, by the way. You know, Abby, over the, over the weekend, I participated in a religious liberty conference, and I talked about some of the infiltration or some of the, uh, the very concerning issues that we have as parents in our society. And uh, one of them was Planned Parenthood's work to educate children at school. And just this morning, I, I saw an article posted over at The Blaze. The headline goes, middle school teacher distributes flyer to eighth graders advising students of their rights to get abortion plan B without parent permission. Uh, they really are trying to go after the children. Um, having worked on that side of the, uh, of the line, uh, was this a part of the equation when you worked there? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And and eighth grade is is rather old, actually. That's insane. Um, I, I I did a hit about this on Fox News on Sunday. This this exact story, actually. And what I talked about when I did that was, you know, that plan. What was interesting about that particular story was that the and, and it's always this way. So the principal comes out and says. Oh, you know, this was a, an unfortunate mistake. But the reality is that it wasn't a mistake. It was not a mistake on the part of that teacher. She intentionally gave that information to her group of eighth graders. She knew what she was doing. Uh, it was very intentional. And it was part of, it had been part of their curriculum. Even though it was not part of their curriculum this year, it had been part of their curriculum in years past. It was in a folder. It was in a binder that they had given out to students before. Wow. So just because it wasn't part of their curriculum this year didn't mean that it hadn't been part of their curriculum in, in years past. And the bottom line is that giving it to eighth grade, I mean, my goodness, Planned Parenthood's graphic sex education begins in kindergarten and first grade. And Planned Parenthood consistently says that parents are a barrier to service. And so that's why they're giving this information. That's why they're putting this information in the hands of children. I mean, parents need to wake up. This is a, th I mean, if, if they aren't already sounding the alarm about Planned Parenthood being in their kids' schools, I mean, this should do it. Okay. I mean, yes. they need, they need to be aware, be awake. This is happening and it may not be Planned Parenthood. It may be other organizations that mimic Planned Parenthood, maybe organizations that put Planned Parenthood curriculum in their kids' schools, parents need to pay attention to what their kids are being taught. You know, a portion of this flyer, I'm reading right from the article here at The Blaze, it says, quote, it is not a crime if you are 11 
and have sex with somebody two years older or less, 12 to 13, and have sex with somebody who is three years older or less, 14 or 15, and have sex with somebody who is four years older or less, unquote. That is literally insane to try yeah. to encourage these children to have the uh, to have sex at this age and then to say, don't worry, we got you covered. We got the plan B. We got the contraception. We got whatever you need. This is literally encouraging uh, diabol- this is like diabolical in our society today. It's I can't even fathom wrap my head around how bad this really is. Well, yeah, and and this is their goal, to separate children from their parents and to say, you know, your parents, their beliefs are antiquated. They don't understand what's going on in our society. And I mean, I know this is what they say, but this is what I, what I used to say when mm. I would go into schools. Your parents are antiquated. They don't understand what you're going through. They don't understand the feelings that you're having. Don't worry about it. You don't need to go to them. Come to us. And here's all of your rights as a child. You know, as a young adult, as a young person growing up, here's your rights. If you find yourself needing birth control, if you find yourself needing STD testing, if you find yourself needing an abortion, we will help you and you don't have to tell your parent. Now, you can't get, your child can't get a Tylenol (laughs) at the nurse's office (laughs) without your consent. Right. But they can go to a Planned Parenthood facility or another abortion facility and they can have a surgical abortion. They can have a medication abortion procedure where they almost bleed to death and die without you knowing. Abby, um, I was one, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine. I was posting about the pro-life. Uh, we were talking about how um, when we were out protesting with the, the TFP and people were like, how dare you go and do that? You bunch of men talking about pro-life issues, talking about women issues. And they ended up making the argument. They recognized that the baby was in fact a baby, but that the mother still had a right to murder the baby. Uh, do you see this this argument of actually giving the point that it is a life? And how do you respond to someone who who recognizes it's a life and still thinks that it's okay to kill it? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, let me just say I'm so thankful for TFP and I'm so thankful for all the men that do stand up against this atrocity. We need more and more men, not less men, standing up against this. And the, the interesting thing is that you can go to any you know, pro-abortion rally and see tons of men, they're usually gay, but you can see tons of men, you know, standing up and and saying, you know, men shouldn't have an opinion on this, yet there's thousands of men standing up. I, I actually went to a rally one time. There was a man holding up a sign, a man holding up a sign that said, no uterus, no opinion. I'm like, <laughs> did you even read your sign, dude? Anyway, um, so I, I think it's incredibly important for men to be sounding the alarm on this, to be raising their voices on this. And let me say, when I go out to the abortion clinic and I stand and pray, men who are out there are significantly more impactful on women going into the clinic than I am. Wow. Because these women have been so failed by men in their life and they are waiting for a man. Ever, I don't care what secular, secular feminism, I, I always say that's the other F word feminism, but um, they, you know, they have been so failed by men and they, I don't care what feminism says, every woman is waiting for a knight in shining armor to come and save her. Right. And, and these women are waiting for some man to say, you don't have to do this. 
I can help you. I can put you in contact with somebody that can help you. And it doesn't matter if I reach out to a woman, she's probably going to ignore me. But if a man standing next to me reaches out to her, she's going to listen to him. So we need men out in front of those sidewalks. We need men standing up on this issue. Um, but yeah, I, I do find that. And I, I actually have greater respect for somebody who's pro-abortion that at least acknowledges the science and says, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I do recognize that it's a baby. Um, I do recognize that it's a human being in the womb, but I still think a woman has a right to kill it. I mean, at least they're not lying about the science, right? Mm. Um, but I mean, that's sort of where we are in our country right now is that people believe that women have the absolute control uh, over their bodies to take the life of another human being. And, you know, in that case, I usually just, I, I usually just talk to them and say, okay, well, what other, I mean, what other time is it okay for, you know, someone to take the life of another human being? I mean, let's go down that road. Right. Um, and, and usually they'll concede and say, well, never, I mean, this is, this is the only time. And, you know, honestly, Joe, at that point in time, really the only thing you can do is just say, okay, I, I hope that those words ring in your ears. I, cause I'm going to pray for you. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to let the Holy spirit like do its thing. <laughs> right. Like yeah. I, I hope that you, I, I hope that, that you hear yourself saying that over and over again that you believe that it's okay to take the life of an innocent human being because you think that somehow they are subhuman, that, that you think that they are somehow less than and, and recognize that that's exactly what, what allowed slavery to persist in this society. That's exactly what allowed the Jewish Holocaust. I mean, you know, you try to make some comparisons and just let it sit with them. Mm. Well, we are out of time. Abby Johnson's been our guest. What an incredible conversation. Thank you, Abby, for your time today. Uh, check her out online, abbyj.com, abbyj.com. Abby Johnson, thank you for being on our show. We're very grateful for your witness to our pro-life cause. Of course, thank you. God love you and God bless you. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to have breaking news and stories with Janelle and the Trad Glad, the Glad Trad guys. They're going to be back on the program. Don't go anywhere. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, All religions believe basically the same thing. They only differ in their external forms, in the way they express it. G.K. Chesterton says the truth is precisely the other way around. The religions of the world do not differ greatly in rites and forms. They do differ greatly in what they teach. In most every religion, people pray, they sing, they read sacred texts, they honor their traditions, they have special feasts, they light candles and so on. But they don't teach the same things. They don't believe the same things. There's only one religion that believes that Christ is the Son of God, that he suffered and died for our sins and that he rose from the dead. Only one religion believes in one holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Hi, Joe McLean here, host of the Catholic Drive Time, heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, right here. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of the Catholic Drive Time. 
Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations. Real Estate for Life offers their clients a faith-based experience. Real Estate for Life is online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time. I'm Janelle Lay, and here are your headline news. Lots of headlines today. Biden Parish won't protect Eucharist. Says anyone who presents themselves can receive. Secretary of State meets Pope. Provides no details on the meeting. Conservative media under attack. Fox hosts communication monitored by NSA. Defense in Jordan trial to ask court to invite Prince Hamza to testify. Putin says he received Russia's Sputnik V vaccine against COVID-19. Ethiopia says army can re-enter seized Tigray capital of Mikhail if needed. International tourism not seen rebounding until 2023. Seven migrants drown as boat capsizes off of Italy's Lampedusa. EU considers legal action against Poland over LGBT-free zones. Facebook antitrust factory poses big test for new Federal Trade Commission chief. Scientists warn of climate change intensifying heat waves. House passes bill to remove Confederate statues from Capitol. Transportation moves to ban airline ticket sales to Belarus amid arrest of opposition journalist. WHO chief scientist says pandemic is not over. Not the time for us to encourage a lot of social mixing. Quote, Palestinian terror youth summer camps begin. Military training, indoctrination, planning demise of all Jews and Israel. The Supreme Court rules against previously deported illegal aliens seeking bail. Islamist insurgents kidnapping children to serve as soldiers and brides in Mozambique. Church leaders in India demand answers after death of Christian in police custody. France to legalize IVF for lesbians and single women. Indonesian police arrest man for allegedly raping girl inside church. California villages without running water during heat wave. Arizona's Maricopa County will replace all voting machines after audit. Transgender White House to denounce GOP child protection laws. Unvaccinated Royal Caribbean passengers in Florida will be required to show proof of insurance. Journalist Andy No, known for reporting on Antifa, permanently banned from by big tech platform SoundCloud. Raises significant concerns Wisconsin Elections Commission sued over ballot drop boxes. Wisconsin governor orders genderless birth forms without mother and father. Middle school teacher distributes flyer to eighth graders, advising students of their rights to get abortions, plan B without parent permission. California bans state travel to Florida and four other states over fairness in women's sports laws. And gas prices surged to seven-year high ahead of Independence Day weekend. From the Epic Times, more deaths reported in intense U.S. Northwest heat wave. About a dozen deaths in Washington and Oregon may be tied to an intense heat wave that brought scorching temperatures to the Northwest and caused one power utility to impose rolling blackouts amid heavy demand. The dangerous weather that gave Seattle and Portland consecutive days of record high temperatures exceeding 100 degrees Fahrenheit eased in those cities on Tuesday, but inland Spokane, towns in eastern Oregon, and cities in Idaho saw temperatures spike. 
The National Weather Service said that the mercury reached 109 degrees Fahrenheit in Tuesday on Spokane, the highest temperature ever recorded there. About 9,300 Avista Utilities customers in Spokane lost power on Monday, and the company said more planned blackouts began on Tuesday afternoon in the city of about 220,000 people. About 2,400 customers were without power as of shortly after 2 p.m. Tuesday, mostly on the north side of the city, and those customers had been alerted about the planned outage. About 21,000 customers were warned Tuesday morning that they might experience an outage. And Avista Vice President for Energy Delivery said that the outages were a distribution problem and did not stem from a lack of electricity in the system. Meanwhile, authorities said multiple recent deaths in the region were possibly related to the scorching weather. And those are your headline news for this morning. God love you and have a good Wednesday. Praise be to Jesus Christ in all things. Thank you, Janelle, for keeping us up to date. I want to thank gloryandshine.com for being a generous sponsor of our program today. Gloryandshine.com, a Catholic family-owned and operated company, uh, making beautiful products, especially uh, using the Sacred Heart of Jesus, the Immaculate Heart of Mary as their packaging. I love it. I am a customer. I'm very grateful to them. Gloryandshine.com. Thanks for being on the program. Uh, joining us once again is Jordan and Rudy from the Glad Trad Podcast. They haven't been on, I mean, I think it was December or something. It's been a long time. And apparently a lot has changed in that time, so we're going to get caught up. We're talking marriage, family, raising Catholic families in the traditions of the church. Um, we're uh, welcoming them on the program now. Good morning to you, Rudy and Jordan. Morning. Hey, good morning. Praise be to God. It's good to see you guys uh, once again. Thank you again for being on the show. Uh, let's get caught up, because it's been a while since you've been on the program, and I know at least... For one of you, maybe both of you, a lot's changed. So, uh, Jordan, let's start with you. What's going on in your life? Yes. So you are now looking at a completely bona fide Jordan Pacheco. Uh, I was <laughs> married on June 5th, praise God. So I am in my first month of marriage. And uh, yeah, it was absolutely excellent. I'd been engaged to my fiance. Uh, we did pre-Cana. We did all the routes. And now she is my wife. And so thank God. Wow. It's, it's been wonderful. Wouldn't trade it for the world. You went through all of that and she still married you. That, Somehow that she hasn't is, run away yet. That is Very amazing. Strange. Praise be to God. <laughs> Praise be to God for the good things. Uh, and Rudy, anything new in your life? Yeah, I've got a bun in the oven. Well, not not me personally. Praise be to Jesus, because <laughs> you were scaring does. me a minute. I was like, what? What? All right. Talking about <laughs> yeah, your we're wife in the here. last trimester, and uh, it could be any day now. So we're really excited to to welcome our daughter in. Congratulations! Now, uh, Rudy, uh, do you know boy or girl? Yeah, it's a girl. Oh, praise be to Jesus. Now, are you the kind of dad, because I have six kids and two grandkids, and every time my wife would get pregnant, she's like, do you want to keep it a, a secret? And I'm like, no, no, I want to know. I said, I tell you what, I pro let the doctor just tell me, and I won't share it with you until the child is born. How about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not not a big fan of the the gender secrets or anything like that. Yeah, right. um, it's interesting, too. Some people have... Um, they have customs of retaining the name, you know, not not telling anyone what they're going to name the child. But uh, no, yeah. I don't I don't really follow that either. <laughs> now, uh, Jordan, any I mean, I'm, I I assume that you and your wife are are open to life, and you know, if God's if it's God's will, you will have many children. Uh, do you think you'll fall into one of those categories? Uh, I completely anticipate, God willing, that I'll be in the exact same state Rudy is in in about a year or less. Kind of depends. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I'm excited. And I'm also like Rudy. I think that uh, gender secrets and all that kind of stuff are, are a little silly. So, eh. Well, you know, for me, yeah. okay, so once you start having kids, you realize. Now, 
Uh, Rudy, is this your first? Yeah, this is our first one. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, the baby has uh, has a, a strong attachment to mom, biologically, mm-hmm. right? And dad feels a little bit like chopped liver for a while. You know, so, so what I realized was, I mean, like you get, like you start to find that bond probably when they become toddlers, things start to change for you. But I realized that for me, there was a way to have an emotional connection to the child by knowing if it's a boy or girl. So I can think of that, them in that way and then naming them. And then I have a deeper uh, sort of an emotional, uh, connection to them so i for me it was always important but uh it'll be interesting to sketch your take rudy especially after your child is born and uh, see how you feel about that so we'll have to have you back but i want to talk about marriage family raising uh families in the catholic traditions um jordan let's go to you uh, so you you've gone through the process you're now married is there anything looking back on that process of preparing for marriage that you liked and anything you did not like and you wish you could have done different so uh definitely our priest was wonderful and the very first thing that he did for us um before we got into a lot of like the deep books on like the, you know the religion significance as well as some practical tips on how to have a good marriage is he broke down our temperaments and so doing that was the one of the greatest things that ever happened between Jen and I because suddenly we could communicate and understand each other in a whole different way. If she mm. knew that I was a sanguine, I knew that she was a cleric melancholic, then all of a sudden it was just way easier anytime we had both a, a very good moment as well as, uh, <laughs> as some of the stress, obviously, that marriage and marriage prep brings. Um, the only thing I really regret, honestly, is that there's so much fluff and pomp and circumstance around the actual... Uh, the the actual um day itself mm. and uh, the most important thing is the sacrament so i thought we had a pretty good time making sure the sacrament was the most important thing but looking back there's just so many stressors that i wish we would have just been like yeah no this is fine let's keep this let's not worry about having to to stress ourselves out or, or to have a gentleman's disagreement over these particular issues the most important thing is becoming man and wife uh and the most important thing is a mass on that day yeah, amen. What, is there a particular resource that you thought was very good in prep- preparing for marriage that you would recommend to others? Yeah, there are. There are. There's a book. Uh, it's a series of two books by Father Leo Kinsella. It's called. One of them is called The Woman Desired. One of them is called The Man for Her. Uh, it's split between ones for men, ones for women, and that was just such a great resource of kind of learning like how to best deal with with all the great things on marriage, um, as well as kind of how to prepare yourself the best way. And he writes very specifically to women or to men in, in either of these books. So I would highly recommend those books for anyone who's going through Precana. Excellent. And uh, Rudy, as a husband and a, as a father, uh, in your early stages here with your child uh, soon to be born, prayerfully and uh, hopefully healthfully and everything's no problem, um, is there anything in that process that you've learned, maybe the hard way, that you would like to help others sort of uh, smooth things out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, this uh, this process of um, of having the child and planning for uh, the future uh, comes with difficulties sometimes um, in oh, regards to oh, family. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, even Ru- with- Rudy. I'm sorry, I have to cut you off. It's it's my pleasure to cut you off. Actually, I'm just I'm teasing. But that music means we're going to go to break. So hold that thought. We're going to come right back with Rudy and Jordan from the Glad Trad Podcast, and we'll start right back up on this very question. And uh, don't go anywhere. Marriage, family, raising Catholic families in traditions church with the Glad Trad guys. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. 
Creating good habits is an important part of family life, especially at the beginning of a school year. St. Francis said, let us begin again, for until now, we have done nothing. This is a great inspiration for us because we're probably the most consistently inconsistent parents out there and we're always beginning again. It's hard to create habits in ourselves, let alone in a group of children. To start a new family habit, you need to first sit down and create a plan with your spouse. Remember, most of us spend too much time on what is urgent and not enough time on what is truly important. Then you need to implement the plan together. Think about the pushback you're going to get from your kids and be ready to deal with it. Talk to the older kids ahead of time and try to get their buy-in. Connect any new habits with a bigger vision for your family life. And keep them motivated. Connect your habits with good things that kids like to do. Show them the positive consequences of their actions. For more information and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. It is great to be on with you today. Praise be to God. We've all heard of the Mad Trads. Well, not today. We have the Glad Trads on Glad Trad Podcast, which you can find on YouTube and uh, the uh, iTunes Store, and I, I suppose uh, Google Play and everywhere else. But look them look them up on YouTube, Glad Trad Podcast. You can even subscribe to their channel. That'd be amazing. Uh, it's good to have you back, uh, Rudy and Jordan. Before the break, Rudy, we went to you. And we were asking about sort of what some of the life lessons you've learned in the process of uh, anticipating your child. And is there anything there that would stand out to you to go, hey, make sure you do this right, you know, when you're going through this? Yeah, definitely. I was saying that... Um in regard to the hard way, um, there's going to be a lot of people, especially in your family, trying to give you advice as to <laughs> how to raise the child. Everybody's got opinions. Yeah, exactly. And so it's your duty as husband and wife to uh, filter all of that out and try and make sure that you're taking in what makes sense to your family. Mm. You know, we, We're Christians. We're Catholics. We're, we're going to be doing things a lot differently than people expect. And uh, sometimes in the process, in this this whole process, I've experienced uh, sort of a feeling of persecution, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you're going to do it this way or why, why are you going to do it that particular way? I would just say that the most important thing you can do is to make sure that you're going to, you're going to raise a saint, you know, that you're going to set yourself up for success. And then on a practical note, um, you don't actually have to have everything ready for for the baby. <laughs> Just make sure that you have, uh, you know, the basics, the clothing, and um, color coordinated. Yeah, else of course, into place. you're, you're going to need the yeah. room painted and decorated appropriately. I mean, you don't have to have yeah. everything ready. You just have to have everything ready. That's all. No, no big deal. No big deal. Yeah, I have to actually. Uh, I have to fix my my washing machine because our bearing is is broken, so it makes a lot of noise. So it'll <laughs> affect her sleep schedule. <laughs> yes, and yours. <laughs> it'll yeah, affect yours too. And you need, you're going to need it, Adrian. Uh, no, have, turn your mic on, Adrian. That's important. Yeah, the I had a question in regards. Y'all did a a episode called Marriage Bad. I highly recommend. 
people check it out. But y'all did. Uh, it's on the MGTOW movement or the men going their own way movement. And I found it incredibly interesting because I had heard a little bit about this on the Internet. And recently I heard a couple of big uh, name people like Andrew Clavin with The Daily Wire do a whole segment on this movement and uh, i was like oh yeah the clatra has talked about this about a couple months ago and uh but yeah what do y'all what is the MGTOW movement and why is it wrong what's the error there well if we were avoiding criticism from them before and now we're going to get it uh because so the <laughs> MGTOW movement just stands for men going their own way the best i can see historically is that they are a natural response to third wave feminism and kind of the death of what they perceive as masculinity inside the culture. So you have guys across the spectrum. These range from people who think uh, all marriage is bad. It's, it's a horrible contract. You should stay away from women to men who are just trying to tell other men to pick themselves up by their own bootstraps to really discern properly and finding a, a good woman, a good wife and to not allow themselves to be uh, suckered by the culture or by another person into, uh, into apologizing for their masculinity or something like that. Um, so they're, I don't know quite how big they are, sizable, influential, but I know that it's an interesting kind of thing to see, especially in response to a lot of the attack on authentic masculinity and femininity across the culture. You know, I know there's been a lot of statistics to show that marriage is down. I mean, the Georgetown University uh, holds the statistics for CARA, which is what the USCCB uses. And if you look at the last 50 years, uh, it's incredible to see the decimation to the sacrament of marriage in the church. Just more and more people are simply not getting married. And part of that, uh, they say, is caused by the reality of divorce and marriage. These uh, The younger generations have seen their parents uh, in wrecked marriage situations, and they simply just don't want to participate. So they figure, why get married at all? Have you seen that? Yeah, and one thing that's really sad about that is that as Christians, I will fully admit that I don't think that we've been the best guardians of marriage. Um, as far as Protestants are concerned, right, we've, we've seen in the 20s and 30s, they slipped on the issue of contraception. From there, it went to, to free love. From there, now we've divorced love children and sex all from itself mm. so i think that if you look at marriage as a contract naturally the next step in degradation is just to go okay well what's the point of having an expensive contract i can cohabitate i can still uh do all these other kind of things i don't need to be inside the confines of marriage and so as far as catholics are concerned it's really important for us to really renew the sacrament in an authentic way not as some old fuddy-duddy thing but really as this authentic expression of love and intimacy that god has actually decreed for you and your spouse Let's talk about uh, pornography and how that affects. I mean, not only just uh, people not getting married, the people who, men who use pornography, their brain chemistry has been changed and they don't see women for who they really are as women made in the image and likeness of God. Uh, they see them more as commodities and therefore that also uh, deeply affects their ability to have, you know, intimate relationships. How have you guys uh, encountered pornography in your own formation, your own preparing for matrimony or being, in, in Rudy's case, you know, you're a your father now uh, how do you see this in your life i think it's a plague and personally i think it should be should be illegal um you see how powerful that um that emotion is you know and and how easy it is to be manipulated into uh into uh, looking for pornography, seeking self-gratification through it. Um, I was exposed to pornography at a very, very young age. And I think it's becoming even more common for kids to encounter it at a younger age. And 
it's it's really a shame because once you start down that path, it, it's it's really an addiction, you know. Yeah. And Jordan, what about in marriage prep? How did uh, did you guys deal with this issue in particular in marriage prep? Yeah, there's there was plenty of resources to kind of really open up pornography, and you know, it's it's a question of that. You know, part of getting marriage is to um, like the, the tertiary part, of course, is that it can be a ward away from from lustful thoughts and habits. But but the primary, of course, is not to make uh, an object of your wife. You know, your wife is not just now your personal uh, gratification in that sort of way. And so, yeah, we, we kind of we were just talking about authentically how pornography um in its in its depth of lust really devoids us you know removes us from from any sort of love you know it looks at a person as an object for my own gratification instead of this is my wife this is uh someone whom whom god has put together with me authentically for the purpose of procreation of children as well as our own unity and our love for each other and so it's just a complete masking unfortunately and i, I feel very very sorry because i was like rudy i was also exposed at a young age it was a sin that i very much struggled with um but i'm very grateful both both to both to you, Joe, and and to other people out there who've had resources and their own stories and everything on how to deal with it, um, and I, I really think that should be something that needs to be emphasized a lot more. I wanted to uh, talk about the the role of a of a husband and a father. We have kind of I think we've kind of gone away where, and I think this the MGTOW movement is a response to the fact that we've kind of lost a sense of what it means to be a husband and father. We get the the platitudes of like, you know, of uh, men saying, Oh, it's whatever whatever the boss wants, or ask the boss and you have like, oh, men are are, are pigeonholed into their man caves and things like that. But where does this traditional Catholic masculinity come from and what what actually is that and how can we how can we foster that in our lives? You have about three minutes. Um I think it comes from proper hierarchy. Um, you have, um, in scripture, um, <laughs> in scripture, you have, um, husbands love your wives. You know, that's a really important, um, way of looking at w what it means to be a father and, and a leader in your household. Um, you have to love your, your wife as Christ loved the church. And it's a really sacrificial type of love. Um, as a man, you're expected to lead your family, lead them spe specifically in prayer and provide for them. And so um, that that sort of emphasis has been lost um, because people have, or men really, leaders of their family have forgotten what their role is and what their influence is and what it should be. Jordan, any thoughts? Yeah, precisely right. And this is something that stems right from the fall. You know, the question uh, besides uh, Eve eating the fruit is, well, where was Adam in all this? And yeah. the answer is, well, he wasn't protecting his wife is what it was. Mm -hmm. So as men, it's there's this important emphasis as husbands and fathers that we are the heads of households. We have to be willing to f die for our wife. Uh, and to love her to that kind of point. And that might not mean even physical death, but that just means every day learning to die to her. And then the inverse is also true for women, you know, learning that you, to, to submit to their husband, to to listen to their husband, to to actually follow his lead and to support him as the head of the household. And together, um, you know, those two goals uh, move into themselves. They conform into themselves and they create the beautiful kind of few soul and marriage that's needed in order to get one spouse to heaven. 
We have only a couple of minutes left in our conversation with Rudy and Jordan from the Glad Trad podcast, talking about uh, marriage and family and about raising Catholic families in the Catholic tradition. With only a couple of minutes left, any thoughts there about uh, sort of, uh, especially, Rudy, you're about to experience a baptism in the traditional form, which I've experienced a few times now, and it is incredibly beautiful. Uh, Any thoughts with that? A couple of minutes left on the clock. I'm really excited to see that, actually. Um, it's going to be awesome to to experience that um, as a father. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware of the uh, traditional baptism, there's it's actually a lot more uh, detailed. There's some exorcisms involved. Um, so I'm excited to see that. Um, I would say that it's really important to do it in the first couple of days. Um, I don't know if anybody else out there is expecting a child, but don't wait and don't make it wait. a big party yes. event. No. <laughs> Just go and get your baby baptized. Amen. Yeah, praise be. You can always have a party later, you know, <laughs> yeah. but uh, they need to become Christians first, right? Uh, all right, so uh, we're down to about the last 60 seconds here. Glad Trad Podcast. We're very grateful for your being on the program today. It's good to see you guys again. Congratulations, Jordan, on your marriage. Congratulations, Rudy, on uh, the upcoming birth of your child. Uh, we'll be praying and keeping all of you in your in our prayers today. Uh, check them out online. Go to YouTube and look for the Glad Trad Podcast. Give them a, subscri- a subscription and a share. That'd be amazing. Uh, but we'll have to have you back soon. Get you caught up, especially after Rudy's daughter is born. Praise be to God. God bless you both, and have a great day. Thanks, Joe. God bless. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one. If you can join us in the second hour, praise be to God. We would love to have you. Of course, our Fear and Trembling Game Show is coming up in the next hour. And prizes are involved. The Rugged ro- uh, Rosary is being given away this week. You could win. Just go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. To watch, to hang out, to comment, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Bible says to call no man father. So why do we call our priests father? In Matthew 23, verse 9, it says, And call no man your father on earth, for you have one father who is in heaven. Notice that this verse makes no distinction between spiritual fathers, which is what priests are, and biological fathers. This passage says that no man is to be called father. Therefore, you cannot distinguish between calling a priest father and calling the man who is married to your mother father. But is that actually what this passage is saying? Or is Jesus warning us against trying to usurp the fatherhood of God, which is what the Pharisees and scribes were doing? They wanted all attention focused on them. They were leaving God, the Father, out of the equation. And even if you just interpret this passage from Matthew 23 as an absolute ban against calling anyone your spiritual father, then there are some problems for you in the rest of Scripture. For example, Jesus in the story of Lazarus and the rich man in Luke 16 has the rich man referring to Abraham as father several times. 
Paul in Romans 4 refers to Abraham as the father of the uncircumcised, the Gentiles. Spiritual fatherhood, not biological fatherhood. In Acts 7 and then in Acts 22, 1 Stephen and then Paul referred to the Jewish priests and elders as brothers and fathers. Spiritual fatherhood. So if you interpret Matthew 23 as saying we cannot call anyone our spiritual father, then you have to believe that Jesus, Paul, and Stephen all got it wrong. It is okay to call priests our spiritual fathers today. We are simply imitating the example given us by Jesus, Paul, and Stephen, all of whom who used the term in a spiritual sense. As long as we remember that our true father is God the Father and that all aspects of our fatherhood, biological and spiritual, are derived from him. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Glorianshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Glorianshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Glorianshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Glorianshine.com. Thank you again. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Just wrapped up a great conversation last hour with Abby Johnson talking pro-life. It's just more, it's actually more than just saving babies. Others are involved too, but it's also about, you know, fighting against this culture that's trying to uh, manipulate the minds of the young people in school. We talked about an article out um, about uh, an eighth grade teacher passing out Planned Parenthood flyers, essentially. In the schools. Great conversation with Abby Johnson last hour. And then we also had a conversation and caught up with the Gladtrad guys. They were on our program very early on, I think in December, and a uh, couple of young guys uh, living the faith. One just got married, the other one's uh, uh, has uh, their first child on the way. And uh, we talked about marriage, family, raising families, fatherhood. It was a really good conversation. And you're going to enjoy that. We're going to post both of those pieces to our YouTube channel later today, as well as Facebook, Twitter, elsewhere. We post them as far and as wide as we can. Make sure you're, you're subscribing to our content and helping to share that content. That would be wonderful. But don't forget, you can always listen to the podcast of this show later. You go right to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find the podcast and listen right on our website or you can go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, subscribe there, leave reviews there that helps us to grow our audience and to share the content with new people. Again, check out the podcast, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Janelle. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Uh, all good news this hour. Yes, all good news. Lots good of good news. news today. Lots of good yes. news. Okay. Praise mm-hmm. be to God. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, speaking of which, uh, good news, I guess. Uh, Adrian Fonseca is here in the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. I remember to turn my mic on this time. You and are amazing, <laughs> I know. Sir. I'm a genius. Genius and, level um, 10. 
It would be great if you go check out the Gladtrad podcast or their YouTube channel and just like bomb their comment section. Be like the uh, the Catholic Drive Time sent us sent us. That'd be that'd be <laughs> hilarious. And uh, oh, and I found out Rudy he fixes old uh catholic books so like he gets old missiles and old breveries so i'm trying to try to see if he will uh, uh bind and print a uh, br- a dominican traditional dominican rite breviary for me that'd be super cool wow yeah. praise be to god that's uh, that is pretty cool well uh good times uh the glad trad guys are always a lot of fun to catch up with so we're happy to have them on the program all right this hour if you're able to hang out with us for the whole hour we are going to have a great time we're going to do breaking news and stories all good news with janelle then we're going to do saint of the day gospel of the day hopefully we'll get a little reflection in and then of course we have the fear and trembling game show and the rugged rosary is up for grabs this week you could possibly win a beautiful i think it's like a 40 dollars value a rosary from rugged rosary if you want to get on the phone early, all you got to do is be our first caller. And I won't give out the phone number until it's time, but the phone number is listed on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You could always scroll down, see the rules, see the uh, the sponsors and all of that, plus the, the phone number at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Let's pray for your intentions and dive in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. O most sacred heart of Jesus, pour down thy blessings abundantly upon thy church, upon the supreme pontiff, upon all the clergy, give perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten unbelievers, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, help the dying, free the souls from purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Now the good news with Janelle Lay. Czech Republic president condemns transgenderism as a crime of self-harm. Bishops demand pro-life Biden budget. Release joint statement against taxpayer-funded abortion. Ohio legislature passes bill to ban COVID-19 vaccine mandates at schools and universities. European singer who has been blind since birth risks career to record pro-life song. From the church militant new home for Carmelite nuns, moving to rural Pennsylvania amid lawlessness. The discalced Carmelite nuns of the Monastery of Our Lady of Mount Carmel and St. Joseph will be moving their community to Pleasant Mount, Pennsylvania. In a statement on their website, they said, quote, An architect friend of our community has just completed the plans for us to build an authentic Spanish Carmel, like those in which our Holy Mother St. Teresa of Jesus and her daughters lived in, following the beautiful yet austere Carmelite architecture which has characterized so many of our monasteries throughout the centuries in Catholic Spain. With your help, we help to build a monastery where the Lord, well, God will be glorified by the beautiful traditional Latin liturgy. At this location in Pleasant Mount, Pennsylvania, we will be able to live a completely cloistered life of prayer and sacrifice, interceding for the sanctification of priests and the salvation of souls. We were given a rough estimate that the building that building this particular kind of monastery and moving everything from Brooklyn to Pleasant Mount will cost around $15 million. You can find out more at pleasantmountcarmel.org. Reported by the Epic Times, former patient speaks out. Gender transition regret deserves a voice. New York woman Grace Ladinsky-Smith said that she regrets going through gender transition surgery in a June 25th essay. Lindinsky Smith wrote that she's not the only person who has experienced wrongly prescribed hormone therapy and surgery by medical providers 
who operate under no commonly agreed standard of care. Her June 25th essay, There's No Standard for Care When It Comes to Trans Medicine, was published by Newsweek. Quote, Activists may not want to admit it, but I am not alone in my regret. End quote, she said. Lyndon C. Smith said that her self-examination led to her discover that other detransitioners with similar stories. She emphasized the need to show more concern for the people who had been hurt by transgender medical treatment, which is increasingly being administered to patients in their teens. In her early 20s, Ladinsky Smith said that she became depressed and gender dysphoric after years of obsessing over identity issues. I had the most supportive possible environment for transitioning, easy access to hormones, an affirming community, and insurance coverage, she said. What I didn't have was a therapist who could help me scrutinize the underlying issues I had before I undertook serious medical decisions. Instead, I was diagnosed with gender dysphoria and given the green light to start transition by my doctor on the first visit. When activists push stories like mine under the rug and try to shut down stories of medical negligence, they are only protecting doctors, not patients, Ladinsky said in a Newsweek. Without seeking to tell the truth, she said, more people, especially young people, will be sold one-size-fits-all trans care that may cause them lifelong scars and regret. From the Catholic News Agency, massive pro-life demonstrations to be organized in Spain. The Assembly of Associations for Life, Freedom and Dignity, consisting of more than 140 civil society organizations in Spain, met on June 22nd and announced massive demonstrations against the ideological agenda of the current government, which was formed by a far-left coalition between the Spanish Socialist Workers' Party and Podemos. The pro-life umbrella group plans massive demonstrations against the country's euthanasia law passed in March, and at the same time will launch a people's legislative initiative to rescind the euthanasia law and replace it with one on palliative care. In addition, the group will work to block the passage of a bill that will criminalize sidewalk counseling or demonstration by pro-lifers near abortion clinics. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm Janelle Lay. God love you and have a good Wednesday. The saint of the day is Blessed Gennaro Maria Sanelli. You have to say it like that. He was born on the 12th of September, 1702, in the castle of Duke Zabata, Naples, Italy. He was the son of the Baron of Siarun and was a civil and canon lawyer at the age of 20. He was friends of St. Alphonsus Maria de Gori. While working with terminally ill patients, Gennaro felt a call to the priesthood, and in 1728, he gave up the law and entered the seminary. He was ordained on the 8th of June, 1732, and he gave away all his personal property and wealth to the poor. He dedicated himself to helping and catechizing children that today we would call at risk of entering lives of crime and of working to help young women at our lives as prostitutes. This last work led to many threats against him and his family from criminal elements who made money on the sex trade. Members of the, he became a member of the Congregation of Apostolic Missions and joined the Redemptorist in 1733. In 1736, he was sent to Naples, Italy, where he worked to support the missionary, the missionary work of the Redemptorist and spent his spare time ministering to the sick, the elderly, prisoners, and young boys forced into labor at the docks. He wrote more than 30 books of a, of, a per, of a number of pastoral, social, and theological topics and left many more unfinished. He died on 30th of June, 1744 in Naples, Italy of natural causes and was beatified on the 12th of May, 1996 by Pope John Paul II. Blessed Gennaro Maria Sornelli, 
pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34. When Jesus came to the territory of the Gadareans, two demoniacs who were coming from the tombs met him. They were so savage that no one could travel by that road. They cried out, What have you to do with us, Son of God? Have you come here to torment us before the appointed time? Some distance away, a herd of many swine was feeding. The demons pleaded with him. If you drive us out, send us into the herd of swine. And he said to them, Go then. And they came out and entered the swine. And the whole herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, where they were drowned. The swine herds ran away. And when they came to the town, they reported everything, including what had happened to the demoniacs. Thereupon the whole town came out to meet Jesus, and when they saw him, they begged him to leave their district. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. When I was going through the... Uh, the, the Verboom tool that I use to look at the gospel. By the way, I po posted a little sort of tutorial behind the scenes look at that tool, how I use it to look at the gospel. It's on our Facebook page, by the way. Uh, at any rate, uh, when I went through this, I found some very interesting things about this particular passage. But for brevity's sake, let me just read this one quote from St. Chrysostom. He says that our Savior permitted the devils to enter the swine, not for their own sakes, but for our instruction, that we might know how very desirous the enemy of our salvation is to bring upon us the greatest evils, that the devil has not any power even over swine without the permission of God, and that these cruel f uh, fiends would, if Almighty allowed them, inflict still more grievous torments on their unhappy slaves. Adrian, what did you find? Oh, there's so much here, and I really love this passage because, um, or Cornelius Lapide even points the same thing out. He said, one of the reasons why our Lord allows this to happen and allow this publicly and drives them into the swine in order to have them drown themselves, one of the main reasons that he did this was to prove to everyone, because apparently, I didn't know this, that there was a group of Gentile, of uh, Jews that did not believe in the, in the, uh, in the spiritual life. Uh, that would be the Sadducees, according to Cornelius Lapide. I knew the Sadducees denied the resurrection of the dead, but I did not know that they also denied the spiritual realm, that there were angels and demons. And so, to prove to everyone beyond any doubt that demons were real, he drove the demon, the demons into the swine and had them drown themselves. Now, why is this also important? Because these are not Gentiles here. These are Jews. And that means these Jews are raising swine. Swine are unclean animals and they were not allowed to be, uh, to have swine or to eat swine, to even touch swine. Yet they were swine herders that were Jews. And to show people that you have to, if you have these evil things that are, that you are building up in your kingdom, you have to cast them away and destroy them. Like, for instance, if you have pornography in your life, you need to destroy the pornography if you want to follow Christ. You have to get rid of it and destroy it because the devils are going to be taking over those things. And just like uh, Joe mentioned earlier, according to Lapide points out how the swine entering into the, uh, into the, have to beg our Lord to allow them to go into the swine to show that, that the demons without the permission from God cannot even affect swine. Every single thing that they do has to come from God, has to come from our Lord and show that he gives permission. He allows it to happen. 
uh, even though it is wicked. And it shows that these that your property, when it's evil property, when it's evil things, that God will give it over to the devils, will give it over to them for the destruction of those things and for the salvation of your soul. Because God desires our salvation among above everything else. And there is so much more that could be said here. But I think that those things, I think that's a, that's a good place to, uh, to talk about it. All right. Praise be to God. It's time to play our game, Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where prizes are given out. You could win a rugged rosary thanks to our sponsor this week, Rugged Rosary, giving away a beautiful, handcrafted, rugged, rugged rosary of Our Lady of Guadalupe. And you, all you need to do is be the first caller at 877-757-9424. If you call right now and our first caller, you get to play the game. You get your three chances to get in on the drawing at 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. Call right now at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. A rugged rosary is on the line, and you might have your chance to win at 877-757-9424. Fear and trembling is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Can we be happy without God? Atheists say yes. We Christians say yes, but only to a certain extent. What's our reason? There are some natural human desires that can be satisfied without living for God. The desire for sensory pleasure, success, and loving relationships. There are certain desires, however, that can't be satisfied without God. For example, we don't just desire some love, we desire infinite love, love without limit. This is manifest when we get frustrated with imperfect manifestations of it. The same is true for knowledge, justice, and beauty. Since God alone is infinite in these perfections, only He can satisfy our desires for them. Therefore, to borrow from St. Augustine, without God, our hearts would be forever restless. And my friends, a restless heart is an unhappy heart. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com day when each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show, where we have a secret and hidden agenda. So please do me a favor and do not share this information with anybody, but keep it between us. Uh, but we like to do a few things on the uh, game show. We like to, number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions. Number two, we like to have a good time and our callers 
They tend to be a lot of fun, laughing right along with us, and we enjoy that quite a bit. And then, of course, number three, we like to give out prizes, kind of making it a winner for everybody involved. But if you're just tuning in and you're new here, first of all, welcome. Praise be to God. We are glad you're here on the show and hanging out with us. But Fear and Trembling is a Catholic trivia game show where we have three official Catholic trivia questions, and the caller who calls in to uh, to be a part of the show does not even need to know the answer answers to any of these questions to still win the game. That's all fun that is. And here's the deal. Every right answer, because I'm going to ask not the caller, I'll ask Janelle, I'll ask Adrian, one of them will be right, the other will be wrong, and then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. What could they win, Janelle? They could win an Our Lady of Guadalupe Rosary, sorry, that's at a $40 value. And you get this for free if you win this week's Fear and Trembling game show. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. Thank you, Rugged Rosary, for generously sponsoring our game show this week. We're going to go to the phones. And if you tried to call in this week and you don't make it on the show, try again tomorrow. Praise be to God. We'd love to have you. But let's go to Maria. Good morning to you. Thanks for being a part of our program. Good morning. Praise be to God. Maria, where are you from? Uh, Falls Church, Virginia. Falls Church, Virginia's back on the board. It's been a while since we've had a Virginia caller. We're very grateful to uh, to have Virginia part of the show today. Now, uh, what church do you go to there, Maria? Uh, Saint Phillips. Saint Phillips. Praise be to God. Now, have you have you listened to the show? Do you are you familiar with the rules and how the game works? Yes, I listen every morning. Praise be to God. Well, thank you, Maria, for doing that. Then you probably know that Adrian and Janelle are very tricky people. And uh, they may try to fool you. You just got to listen carefully. What? No. Why is Adrian looking at me like that? It's true. It's true. I, however, Maria, am on your side. I am here to help you get into that cup. And we are ready to go. If you are, Maria, you ready to play? Yes. All right. Janelle, we'll start with you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes, I am. Are you sure? Throw the question at me. Here we go, Janelle. Can you tell me, what is the second line of the song... Holy God, we praise thy name. The second line? The second line. Would you like me to sing it? Hey, go ahead. Sure, right. knock yourself out. So the first line is, Holy God, we praise thy name. Mm-hmm. The second line is, All in heaven above adore thee. Really? Yes. Hmm. Let's go to Adrian. I know he's like a theater major or something like that. I don't remember. But to Adrian, can you something tell like me? That. Can you tell me? What is the second line? Of the song, Holy God, We Praise Thy Name. Well, I won't sing it for everybody. No, no, no. You Uh, have to. I think you have to now. I have have to? to. Yes. Okay. Uh, I would go, I think it's, Holy God, we praise thy name. Lord of all, we bow before thee. Interesting. Mm. That's what I think. Should I sing too? (laughs) <laughs> uh, no. Sure. No, let's, let's spare the audience of that suffering. All right. So Adrian is on the hook for Lord of All, We Bow Before Thee. And Janelle is on the hook for All in Heaven Above Adore Thee. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Maria, what say you? Uh, Adrian. Survey says. Uh, Where's your button, Adrian? Yes, of course. Right. <laughs> well done, Maria. You did it. Praise be to God. How do you feel? You're in the coffee cup. You could win. Oh, feel good. Praise be to Jesus. Was that an easy question, Maria? 
Well, my husband was in the choir, so he told me. <laughs> <laughs> you're pulling out the old phone-a-friend technique. I got that. Praise be to Jesus. Well, that's awesome. Well, you're in the cup. You could win now, but let's see if we can't double your chances. We'll go to Adrian okay. this time. Adrian, can you tell me? Or rather, can you name for me three of the seven liberal arts of medieval Catholic schools? This is a tricky one. Yes. Who chose this question? This is tricky. Oh, I, wonder, I wonder. I wonder who's picking questions. I, I, I don't know. But r- remind me after the show to hold them accountable. I will. Don't okay. Worry. Name three of the seven liberal arts of medieval Catholic schools. Well, see, considering that the there is a continuity between the university system of the medieval times and today, I'm going to say because you know every liberal arts school in America today teaches gender studies critical race theory and feminist studies so i was going to put those three as uh i'm sorry what one more time gender studies gender critical race theory and feminist studies critical and feminine this was in medieval times this is the medieval yes of course medieval catholic schools taught this wow oh okay mind blown all right uh let's go to janelle janelle can you tell me or rather can you name for me three of the seven liberal arts of medieval catholic schools Okay, well, I don't think gender ideology was medieval, uh, so I'm gonna go. <laughs> There's no way. Or it, it was. It was been around I mean, forever. Who knows? It's been around forever. <laughs> but uh, I, I'm gonna disagree on there and uh-huh, say that uh-huh. they taught rhetoric, uh-huh. arithmetic, uh-huh. and astronomy. Okay. Yes. Uh, mm, oh. I don't know. Hmm. All right. Hmm. So Janelle is on the hook for rhetoric. Science. Janelle is on the hook for rhetoric, arithmetic, and astronomy being taught in medieval Catholic schools. And Adrian is on the hook for gender studies. What was the other two? Feminist, Feminist studies, studies. And critical race theory. And critical race theory. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Maria, what say you? Janelle. <laughs> Sounded confident. Survey said. Yes, sure. <laughs> I need like a double duh button now. I feel like the duh does not do justice. Duh. I mean, Captain Obvious. Uh, although I would say uh, critical race theory may be medieval in what many ways. What are we ways. talking about? Well really? done. Well done, Maria. Well nah, done. Well, you're, you're in the. Co- I meant that in like the negative sense. Uh. Of the word. Uh, you're in the coffee cup for two. That was a, that would have been a tricky question, I would say. Um, but you know, praise be to God. It just reminds us that uh, higher education, education system in general, is a fruit of the Catholic Church. Thank you. Uh, you're welcome, world. Uh, and, you're welcome, uh, world. <laughs> if we can only bring bring it Joe's all back. Joe's going to take credit for it. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> all right, we're moving on. Third time here. Can we get you in the cup three times? I think this last one. My opinion, pretty easy. Pretty easy, Maria. Okay. Let's just see. Janelle, can you tell me? Okay. Deer, wolves, birds, fish, and a skull. I feel like this is like a riddle from uh, Lord of the Rings or sorry, the Hobbers. Yeah. Deer, wolf, birds, fish, and a skull symbolize which saint? Ooh. Okay. The only saint I know that is depicted with a skull is St. Jerome. So I'm going to go with St. Jerome. Mm. Okay, see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me? Deer, wolf, birds, fish, and a skull symbolize which saint? Symbolize which saint? Hmm, deer, wolf, birds, fish, and a skull. All of those. I guess... 
I'm gonna go with St. Francis of Assisi specifically. St. Francis of Assisi. Hmm. Not Francis Xavier. Francis Not Assisi. Xavier. Okay. All right, so here's the deal. Uh, Adrian is on the hook for St. Francis of Assisi, and Janelle is on the hook for St. Jerome. 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Maria, what say you? Uh, I'm going to go with Janelle. Are you sure? Oh! I'm so sorry, Maria. Ouch. Adrian, you're really quick on that buzzer, man. I, I gave her two I seconds. You said you're going to give them three. Oh, that's true. I did. Trying say to talk her off right. the ledge, my friend. Uh, in fact, it is St. Francis of Assisi, who is symbolized awesome. by a deer, wolf, birds, fish, and a skull. Um, yes. Who knew? But the patron of Saint Jerome also has a skull. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, not bad though, Maria. You're in for two. Okay. You could still win. And I got to say, I think it's pretty average these days for two. So your chances are <laughs> excellent. I would say. How do you feel, Maria? I feel good. Yeah. Praise be fun. to God. Anything uh, important on the agenda today that we can pray for? Um. Good family life. Amen. That's a good prayer request. Maria, God love you. God bless you. We're going to put you on hold so that we can get your information. But we're very grateful that uh, you participated in the game today, and we had a lot of fun. Thank you for doing that. Oh, it was a pleasure. If it be God's will, you will. Uh, your name will come out of the coffee cup of divine providence on Friday. So hopefully you can tune back in and hear who is uh, God's uh, choice this week to win the rugged rosary. We're very grateful to all of our sponsors, by the way, that uh, give us prizes to give away on the show. Be it, do us a favor. And if you can stop by these sponsors and just say, hey, thank you for supporting Catholic Drive Time. We are so grateful to you. I link to all the sponsors right on our webpage so you can go to their websites or what have you. Their uh, their websites are linked up there at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. By the way, if you want to hang out with us for the after show where you get to drive the conversation into whatever you want to talk about, and you don't want to be on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt, and you can hang out there, watch the live video feed, comment, and everything else. But whatever is your on your agenda today, God love you. We're grateful to you uh, for hanging out with us tomorrow on the program, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Mr. James Bascom is going to be on our program to talk about the Green Communist Revolution. We'll have that and more on Catholic Drive Time at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. But if you go to Mass today, please keep us in your prayers. We're praying for you, and we're grateful if you pray for us, too. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you in the after show or back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to God. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get more casual about the conversation and we talk about whatever it is that's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. Praise be to God. 
And uh, we're always happy to hang out with you for the next half hour. So you get to drive that conversation. And, of course, we have our, uh, our, our crew that's always with us uh, pr- pretty much every day. Uh, except for, I would say, Mike K has been really sort of just very distant and cold this week. Mike K, uh, he's claiming something about, you know, work is getting in the way. I mean, okay, well, if work is a problem, Mike, maybe we need to quit work. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you really should be listening to us (laughs) 24-7. I'm teasing, of course. Praise be to God, Mike. We're glad you're back. Uh, let's you see. know, we've been missing Kathy. Kathy hasn't been on yeah, for a long time. Yeah, that's true. We should reach out to her, see if she's yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people who have I haven't seen now in several weeks. Um, our, our hashtag friend, uh, he's, not, he's yeah. not been here in a while now. My buddy, Chris. Yeah. Eric Rodriguez, good morning to you. It's good to see you here. Our friend from Canada, praise be to God. It's good to see you back. Tammy, always good to see you. Uh, of course, uh, uh, Teresa of Avila is in the studio with us. She's always hanging out. Good morning, Tiana. Good morning. Praise be to God. Praise be to God. And uh, let's see here. Uh, scroll. I'm scrolling. Jesus Moreno. I haven't seen you in a while, my friend. Good to see you back. Praise be to God. Um, Monica Cortez. Angelo Bustamante. Good morning to you. Jeff Burrier. It's always good to see you. William Hemsworth. Looking forward to being on your program soon. Maria Wade. Good morning. You, are you like on perpetual vacation, Maria? Like all your Facebook photos are like living the high life. Well, you, you and your incredible family, your beautiful family. Um, Mike K., again, it's good to see you here. Thanks for c- hanging out with us again today. It's good to see you back. Uh, let's see here. Christopher Velasquez, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. And let's see, who's on Facebook? Jesus our, Robles, yeah. our friend of the show. Good morning to you, Buddy Kane. Praise be to God. Bruce Tolman, merciful hint Wednesday. <laughs> uh, being profiled, that's hilarious. Uh, Sonia. Sonia, good morning to you. Uh, good to see you, Sonia. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Patty, of course, was on. We always love having Patty on the show. She never hangs out for the after show because she goes to Holy Mass. A little bit better, I would, I would suppose. Yep. Amen. <clears throat> Lori, of course. Josh Knoll, good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, Don, good morning to you. Joaquin, good morning. Gloria, good morning. Praise be to God. Uh, Nicola, it's good to see you back here. Glad to see you again. Thanks for hanging out with us today. So what's on your minds today? Comment. Let us know. And if you've never commented before, of course, praise be to God, let us know you're a first-time commenter so that we can lavish some first-time commenting love on you. Jesus uh, said uh, theater major. Uh, yeah, I, I actually almost was a theater major in college. I uh, actually got a scholarship to go to the University of Dallas to do theater, and I decided against it. You decided uh, against going to UD? Yeah. Hmm. UST was cheaper. Hmm. Yeah, University of St. Thomas was cheaper, hmm. so I ended up going there. But University of Dallas is a good school, you know? Uh, yeah. But they uh, they were more expensive than University of St. Thomas, even though... Yeah, so I was almost a theology theater major, and I instead was a theology communications major. That's what, there you go. There you the go. More you know. The more you <laughs> know. The more you know. The more you know. The more you know. Uh, I got to spend time at the... Uh, the the library of the seminarians at UD once that was a lot of fun. Valerie Alderete is in the house. <laughs> the house. Oh, praise be to God. I am like half asleep today. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. So oh, I slept like, so much yesterday that it was bad for me. I got home at like three uh, thirty, and um, I went ate a snack. Uh, had some leftovers from yesterday, and I laid down. Just, you know, relax. I was oh, going to go go mm. for a run afterwards. And then I woke up 
at 7.30 and realized my family had gone to the <laughs> Feast of St. Peter and Paul Mass without me. Without you. <laughs> and I was like, well... It's 7.30 already, going back to bed, and then yeah, turn back exactly. over. <laughs> that is like... Oh. Going back to sleep. Every once so, in a great go. while, you, you just you come home, you pass out, and you sleep straight through. Mm-hmm. Like, those are the best. Oh, those are so awesome. I love to do that. But it doesn't happen hardly at all. Yeah, not really. But it's great when it does. It does. It is so nice. Praise be to God. Just getting in like, a, like t- 10, 15 hours of sleep. Good morning, Mr. Amazing. Thomas. Good morning, Mr. Thomas. Praise be to God. Um, let's see what else is going on here. Uh, da, 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 da. Backing up, try to read some comments here. Janelle, what was the name of the transgender person in the news? I have a friend whose therapist would ha- would be interested in that story. Thanks, mm. Tammy. Her name is Grace Ladinsky Smith. I'm going to add the link to the article in the comment section. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, praise be to God. We're looking for. Um, I'm sort of ch- pondering and chewing on the best way most efficient way as well the best way is not always the most efficient way by the way sometimes the best way is the hardest way um but the some, like a way that works best for creating like show notes where we can share comment show links share the links of of the stuff that we've talked about whether it's news or guest links things like that right now there's not like a we don't have like a blog. That would be like a third platform kind of thing. However, I am working on something that may change all of that in the near future. So can't really share too much about that yet, but I am uh, working one of the many hats I have to wear. I am working on uh, on a thing that may change that way where we could have a place where we can send you that will be obvious and and have a place where we can send all the links and all that. But right now we're, we're, tr- we're trying to post some of this stuff like in comments – I don't see them really posted here too much on, on YouTube, but on Facebook, we tend to p- post some stuff there. Um, but hopefully you we can, can always get the check out, out our, the, the clips of our shows later, and usually I'll put in the uh, links that we mentioned in the, in the interview sections at least. Yeah, praise uh, be so to God. Check out those and share those. Oh, and uh, this Friday, I may be making a guest appearance for Back to the Father. Nice. Uh, so Dave Palmer is out, and so I may sub and be in with Sissel and Sissel's team there uh, to do Back to the Father. We might be talking about miracles. What did Thomas Aquinas say about miracles? Yeah. That'd be kind of fun. That would be. Well, praise be to God. We'll look forward to that. You know, I was just seeing Bruce Toman talking about the uh, rugged rosary and how much uh, he likes rosaries made from paracord. You know, my buddy uh, and our colleague here at the network, Richard Reyna, his son Elijah made made this rosary for me, and uh, it's it's made off of paracord. But I love the uh, the Our Father beads are nine millimeter shells. <laughs> That's cool, and it's to remind us that this is a spiritual weapon, not a physical one, but a spiritual weapon. And um, he put a lot of uh, great work into this. It's really high quality. I like the cru- the crucifix that has the the uh, Benedictine medal in there because when you go to like a the, the Benedictine medal can have their own blessings apart from the crucifix itself. And so you get, uh, and it comes with the exorcism prayers. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's really, really robust. And for a guy, I can't tell you how many rosaries have busted up in my pocket because they're just not constructed well mm-hmm. for, for men. I mean, they're beautiful. I remember when I was in Rome in 2005, we went to St. John Lateran and um, we bought a rosary out of their bookshop there. 
And the beads were like glass. They were red, hand-blown glass beads. They were beautiful. And I liked the fact that they were cold to the touch. So it was just like tactile experience, you know. It was wonderful. The chain did not even last, I think, a week. <laughs> you know, and, it's, and then it sat in a bag in parts for... Forever. Forever. We just fixed it, like a month or two ago or this three, four months. I don't even remember. Like we just recently fixed the thing. Oh, cause my wife and the kids got into a rosary making. So they bought the, they bought supplies. Do they want to fix my rosary? I don't know. They might, they could, I can ask them. I'm sure they would love to. Yeah. Can you ask them? I would yeah. Love, cause I just, give me the rosary. I, I'll, I'll bring it. I'll, I'll bring it, it tomorrow. To yeah. I, I broke my, um, my, uh, world war one rosary, the, oh, uh, no. the pool chain rosary. And uh, it's not broken. It just popped out and I can't fit it back in. Cause I don't have the tools to shove it in. Um, and that's all. That's all it did. It just popped out, and I can't force it back in. I got pliers, and I was trying to push them back in, and I was like, I can't do this. I need like needle nose pliers, like so yeah. open it back up a little bit. She's got special pliers that yeah. she uses to to deal with that. So we'll definitely take care of that for you. Sweet. I like yeah. real good rosaries because they have like a good weight to them, and when you hold it, yes. it's kind of like you're holding a, like an actual weapon. Yes, <laughs> it feels super okay, heavy. It's a Janelle. spiritual weapon and okay. a physical weapon. The, the only complaint I had about this about the rosary that I have. Um, is the corpus fell off, oh. and I had to glue the corpus back on. And uh, but other than that, I mean, I love it. I absolutely love it. It's great. It's a great rosary. It feels great in the hand, as you say. And I look. I love the big meaty beads. I like to wrap my big fingers around that big meaty bead. I can feel it. I can move them. It just. It's a great experience. I love it. Um, Mr. Thomas is a great idea. Um, could we broadcast uh, the show live from a Outs like a like a doing a live remote from someplace outside of the studio at a ca- something specific to Catholic. Now the Alamo, mm-hmm. however, um, probably wouldn't work because one, it's it's not a church. You know, it's it's been decommissioned quite a long time. By the way, fascinating fact about the Alamo. So if you've ever get the chance to visit the Alamo, highly recommend it. The, the what you see is the sort of the historic building that was never consecrated. The, a mass was never said in that space in that sanctuary. It was being built by the Franciscans, and the the priests who were living there had a sacristy off to the side. They said mass in the sacristy off to the side, and uh, there was never a holy mass said within that space. It never made it that far. They decommissioned it. They abandoned the mission, and it was secularized. And um, when that happened, the space sort of became a barn. It be- I mean, the, it, it went through a lot of different life cycles, actually. Um, but it's just a fascinating fact about the Alamo. And most of the graffiti that you see in the Alamo came from well after the Battle of the Alamo in 1836. It came from, in fact, U.S. Uh, uh, federal troops that were stationed there. They turned it into a, a barracks. They built a two-story barracks inside that space. And most of those soldiers, I think it was even post-Civil War, um, made the graffiti that's inside that uh, inside the Alamo. Uh, um, Mr. Else? Thomas asked, may I ask, is it okay to use rosaries for adornment, like hanging on the car? Uh, I would say in general, no, but in particular, yes. What I mean is, uh, if you're using it just as decoration, like I know a lot of people 
will just use it and superstitiously they'll hang it on their car. It's, it's going to protect me, but never actually pray the rosary and have no devotion to Our Lady. Uh, people who are secularist will use it as decoration, will wear it as jewelry. I would say no to that. But if you're wearing it um, and you have devotion to Our Lady or you're using it as decoration for your home because you love Our Lady and you want something there that shows your devotion to the rosary and devotion to Our Lady, then I would say yes. Um, so I think it just depends. I mean, intentions mean something, right? Right. And God knows all of our intentions, so we can't hide from the Lord what we really intend. You know, it's interesting because back in, you know, I used to work for a ministry that had a Catholic bookshop. And although I didn't run the Catholic bookshop, I would often see young men especially come into the shop to buy rosaries with the only intention of wearing them like jewelry because it was the fad to wear a rosary, you know, back in those days. And we always like, well, we don't want to sell one to you because your intentions are wrong. And it would freak people out. They'd be like, what are you talking about? I just want to buy a rosary. Yeah, but we don't want to sell one to you because you don't want to pray the rosary. You just want to wear it around your neck like it's bling. Yeah, Gabriel Castillo, he wears a rosary around his wrist, in his pocket, around his neck, and everywhere else. Um, but he prays like eight rosaries every yeah. day. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. I, mean, okay. it's, it's I think he has it on both on of that. his wrists, yeah. too. Not just one, both yeah. of his wrists. So he's always ready to pray the rosary at any moment. He yeah. has one available, and he has one to give to someone else if they need to pray the rosary together. That's awesome. Uh, so yeah. he always has rosaries on his person all over the place. Um, you go into his office, and there's like a rosary on every single image, every single counter uh, has a rosary on it. So I would say yes in particular, no in general. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Myra says, by the way, did y'all see Abby Johnson's beautiful photo shoot she had as a pro-life advocate? She shared them on face on her Facebook page a few weeks ago. Amazing shots. I did not. I did not. We'll have to look at that. Hmm. 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 I tell you what, uh, I shared my desktop to uh, to you, Adrian. If you want to throw that on the screen, I'll, I'll try to go there and take a look at that real quick. If I can, if I hold on, let me try to get it up first. Uh, the Facebook page is like, I don't know what it is on my desktop. Facebook's loads so slow on my desktop. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what's up with that. Abby Johnson. I, I was waiting for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't know. If I knew, I'd tell you. All right. I have... Uh, I have the I have her Facebook page up. If you want to check it out, Abby Johnson, pro woman, pro child, pro life. All right, so I'm scrolling back. So I'm looking for a photo shoot. I'm looking for photos from a photo shoot. Scrolling back, where will I find these? It's from a few weeks ago. Few, apparently. Wow, I'm gonna have to probably go pretty far back to find them. Then mm -hmm. this is a pro life shoot. I wonder. I wonder. I wonder. Abby was uh, pretty spot on today. She was great. Great guest. Yes, glad we had her on. Yeah, praise be to God. And it was also a lot of fun hanging out. Oh, look. Uh, okay, is this it right here, Myra? Is this it right here? Are they, I don't know if this is it or not. This might not be it. This is not, it doesn't look like a photo she looks like. Just pictures of a mom and her beautiful baby. Scrolling back. I'm looking for... Abby's, Abby's a firebrand, though, man. Uh, that's, you know, it's interesting. I met, Abby, I met Abby right after she quit her job uh, at Planned Parenthood. Um... I had, um, because I know Sean Carney, and I got to uh, meet Abby very, very early on, and I just remember her, like, being unsure of pro-lifers, because we can be hypocrites sometimes, you know, and we can be a little duplicitous. Oh, here they are. I see them now. I have them. 
I don't know if you're able to see my screen or not. Yes, you can. So here we go. Um, she says, I worked in the abortion industry for eight years. During that time, I coerced women. I manipulated them. I dehumanized their children. And during that process, I dehumanized these women. I lied over and over again. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty hardcore. I have had two abortions. I am sad that I made that decision, but I know that God has forgiven me, and I feel like he has removed the regret from me. I know I will see these two children again in heaven. I feel peace about that. Uh, she says, but these children that I helped to kill in the clinic, there is still some deep-seated pain that I feel about that. The things I said when I worked there, the things I believed, the person that I was, I was so sick with sin. How was that me? Wow. So these are quotes from her book. Whoa, look at that. That is crazy looking. She says, during the eight years I worked at Planned Parenthood, I participated in 22,000 abortions. I, at one point, I wondered if I were to die today, would I spend, where would I spend eternity? I knew I would go to hell, and I was okay with that. Holy smokes. Could you imagine? Whoa. Could you imagine? It's pretty intense. Now, one of, when I was discovered, when I was going through the early church fathers, um, back in my own journey, I came across a work uh, called the Apocalypse of Saint Peter, and um, for many, many years, in fact, I think for a couple of centuries, several centuries, this work was read in the Eastern churches, especially at East at uh, Good Friday Passion. Uh, but eventually, it was not included in the canon of sacred scripture because uh, it, Peter didn't write it, and they don't know who wrote it. And there's some issues in it that are obvious, obviously troubling. But one of the, the real stark images in that document is the vision of hell, where those that are damned are in a lake of fire, and they're suffering the torments, and standing on the edge of that lake of fire, staring at them, are their aborted children. And it was such a stark image. And this goes way back to the early church. Crazy. Uh, she says, One day I was asked to assist in an ultrasound guided abortion. I watched in horror as this fully, this fully formed 13-week-year-old preborn baby was uh, fought and struggled for his life against the abortion instruments. I knew then that there was life in the womb. There was humanity in the womb. That was when I knew that I was on the wrong side of this debate. Wow. Have you guys seen, I wonder, have you seen Silent Scream? No. By Dr. Bernard Nathanson? I haven't seen it, but I've, I've read his book. Yeah. It's, yeah. I came across Silent Scream in 2004, I think. Um, and it's actual video. He was an abortion doctor. The movie Roe v. Wade is based on his life. We, we interviewed Nick Loeb um, just a couple months back about that movie. And um, Dr. Bernard Nathanson, he actually filmed an abortion take place live. And this was back in the 80s. So this was pretty, pretty advanced. And you could actually watch the baby fight for its life. It died live on camera. And when you watch the baby scream and fight and try to stay away from this invading force inside the womb, it's sanctuary space, your heart is ripped from you. It is so hard to get through. And once you see it, you'll never unsee it. It's, 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 it was disturbing. And so this is exactly what Abby saw when she did this as a Planned Parenthood clinic director. 
and it uh, led to her making the difficult choice of quitting her job and walking across that pro-life line, walking into uh, Sean Carney's office one day, crying and asking what to do next. Pretty powerful. Abby says, I think the biggest uh, burden I carry is the fact that I helped to, make, uh, helped to take the lives of over 22,000 children that didn't belong to me. The woman I was supposed to be championing, I betrayed them. I betrayed their children. I was a thief of the worst kind. I stole their children from them. Wow. She's, go ahead, Adrian. You were going to say something? Oh, no. She says, I do feel forgiven, truly, but it is not just about me. My situation is very different. I still see women that I talked into having an abortion. I see them in the grocery store. They email me. I hear about their pain, their pain that I helped to inflict upon them. I, consistently re- I am consistently reminded of what I've done because the 22,000 women are all around me. Hmm. Wow. That is crazy. Um, she says, for a long time I wondered, can God really forgive me? I turned to the foot of the cross. I turned to Christ and his forgiveness. I decided I wanted to live with God every day. This peace came. I, it felt like the burden was lifted. An inexplicable joy came into my heart. Amen. Praise be to God. I know when I confessed to my abortion, whew, I felt like I floated out of the confessional. I mean, I, I felt light after that. It was a heavy burden. And confessing it really, really took a load off. Uh, Mike said uh, why I no longer have a Facebook account some of the wicked comments on her photos are out of line absolutely well it just shows the diabolical nature of it all right right and one thing I really like one thing I often I talked about this when we were talking to uh, (laughs) Bishop Umbers you know one thing I really like about Facebook is people really show their true selves on Facebook. People often say things like, or Twitter. oh, you know, or Twitter, yeah. But people will say, oh, yeah, you know, you're, uh, the people online, they're not real people, you know. That's not how they would act in real life. But, you know, what is it? They, it's a common saying that, like, your virtue is what you do when no one is looking, right? And so whenever you see, whenever you think that you have no eyes on you and they type out these vitriolic comments onto people's posts, that's that's how they will. That's how they are in real life. That's how these people are in real life, and it really shows the true face of the revolution. It's kind of like you watch the the TFP videos, and you see these people like screaming and cursing at the TFP members, and they often are have a lot of uh, younger people with them, uh, teen boys uh, in high school, and uh, they will be cursing, flicking them off. Uh, when I was with them, they threw a coke at us, and you and what the great thing about that, as evil as it is, as wicked as it is. It shows the true face of the revolution. It shows how these people really are uh, behind closed doors. And because whenever they think that people are watching, they try to be, you know, they, they love is love. Uh, why don't you just let people love who they want to love? Why don't you just leave us alone? We're just trying to mind our own business, this kind of thing. But then once you have the cameras off and you see and they think that no one's watching, they, you can see how, uh, how people really are. And that is what a lot of people, they call it crystallization. When people see the way people act when they see abortion, when they see uh, they see people who are pro-life, when they see people that are pro-traditional marriage, whenever you see the way they react, that drives people one of two ways. That either solidifies them in their wickedness or it solidifies them 
and makes them become – they have to get off the fence. They have to choose a side at that point. And it often drives people towards uh, being a good, holy Christian. And I have had several people that have reached out to me privately saying things like, you know, I think uh, I agree with you 100%, but, you know, I'm too scared to say that myself. Or, you know, I I really appreciate you standing up for the faith. I saw you in the comments. And people – and, you know, whenever I argue with people online – I'm never arguing against that person because you're never convinced someone on an online argument. That's very, very rare. Um, but what you can do is all these people who are lurking, who are reading, they're not commenting, they're not liking, yeah. they're just lurking. Uh, those are the people that you're targeting. Those are the people that you want to convince, you want to convert. Uh, and that's what I think social media does a really good job of doing. Yeah, you know, I used to use Facebook in particular a lot more. But these this last year, year and a half, I've just really kind of slowed down from Facebook and I don't uh, participate as much as I as I used to by far there, just because people are so quick to become vitriolic. They're so quick to throw their ego, throw their uh, their attitude around, and just lack general charity. You know, it it, always, it it never ceases to bug me how often we feel like we we have a right to express our opinion to people in the world, even those that would disagree with us. For instance, every day. I get on social media, there's always something that offends me personally. Always. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, it doesn't matter. There's always something that is very uh, offensive. I rarely take the time to stop and go, how dare you, and then lay into them and, and whatever. And yet, people do this all the time. They feel like they have a right to shove it down your throat that they disagree with you. And then, of course, they get like bullies online. It, it just lacks general charity. And I see a lack of charity even among solid Catholics, just, you know, practicing Catholics who somehow have convinced themselves that they can lack charity. Now, you could still stand up for right, speak the truth, be even bold. But you should always have charity in the process. Your intent is always to, to win the heart and the mind and, the, and win the soul for Christ back to, to Christ. But uh, there seems to be a real lack of charity and there seems to be a lot of vitriol. So on occasion, I have lost my temper online. And it's generally around, it centers around someone that I know who should know better than to act so, uh, a lack of, have such lack of charity. And I kind of call them out on that. You know, that's been the, really the most occasion. Otherwise, listen, if I can share my opinion, you're welcome to share your opinion. And, um, and I don't usually get involved in too many debates because I don't find them very fruitful. But if there's opportunity to have like actual authentic dialogue and engagement, sure, that's great, wonderful. But uh, mindless and endless tit for tat, back and forth, vitriol, lack of charity, it's 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 pointless. It actually just makes things worse. Alaric says, "I listened again to the interview y'all did with with on Asian hate. I think Catholics need to stress the message all the more. The problem is sin and falling, failing to follow natural law and recognize divine law. It leads to people being." Uh, interiorly bitter, and then they're just rude to others. Yes. Yeah. Amen. You know, and when it comes to things like racism or other bigotries in general, if you fail to see the person made in the image likeness of God as a human person, well, then it's very easy to rationalize how you're going to treat the, those, those people. Um, pornography in general, it corrupts the mind and, and it, it alters the way people think. 
uh, I added a chapter in my book on overcoming pornography addiction on this very subject. Uh, Patrick Truman and his website, Porn Harms, has done a fantastic job of, of giving you sort of uh, links, access, and summaries to scientific studies on neuro, uh, the neurochemistry of the brain and how that works. And um, we, we rationalize. We look at people like they're not human. They become something that should serve our interests and our needs, and we treat them however we wish. And I think that's true for, for just about all people who are allowing themselves to live in a state of sin rather than a state of grace. So definitely major problems, and and uh, although social media can be a good thing, uh, it's often used for very bad things, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway, Abby Johnson, what a great guest. Praise be to God. Um, of course, the Glad Track guys were awesome, too. I enjoyed hanging out with those, uh, with Rudy and uh, Jordan again today. It was so nice to see Jordan, follow up with Jordan after he got married. Seems to be a very happy guy. I'm very happy for him, and of course, Rudy's expecting a, uh, a daughter soon. Praise be to God. We'll have to have, have them back after maybe she's born and, and whatnot. Um, on the show tomorrow is Mr. James Bascom. No, I do not know Mr. James. Who is Mr. James? Yeah, Mr. James Bascom. He's a friend of mine, a really good guy. He's with the TFP, and um, he has been doing a lot of research. I heard uh, in person one of his talks and in online another of his talks on the Green Communist Revolution. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. so good. It so blew you, my mind. He was showing the connections between like uh, even Nazi Germany and communist Russia on environmentalism. And I had no idea that there was even a connection there. Wow. Uh, but there was. And I was like, what? That's crazy. Um, and he blew my mind with that stuff. So I was like, this is really good, especially since what's really been bothering me. It was um, Greta Thunberg talking about how fish have feelings and have friends and we need to be nice to the fish. And I was like, what on earth? Anthropomorphizing animals. It's it's a disaster and it's going to lead to destruction uh-huh. of society. So uh-huh. he's going to be on tomorrow. So you're saying Mr. James is a friend of yours. Uh, yes, much like Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is a friend of mine. I thought I deleted it. I thought I deleted it. Didn't work. What are we talking about? I don't know either. Praise Come be on, to man. God. All right. Have a great day. God bless you. God love you. Uh, we're going to try to hook up another guest tomorrow as well. So we have a jam-packed show. Join us, 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern. Do us a favor. Share the content. We're trying to get to 4,000 watched hours on the Catholic Drive Time channel. And we have about, uh, I don't know, 1,100 hours still to go. So watching content would be super awesome. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here for Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Until then. Thank you for joining us on